Hello and welcome to episode three of the Decade Podcast, the podcast that takes an in-depth look into the 2021 project started by comedian Mark Watson. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark. We both understand the concept of 24 hours, except I'd be asleep after eight. Today we're talking to Mayan, who told me she had absolutely nothing to talk about. We'd be done after five minutes and her episode would be completely unusable. Please keep that in mind as we listen to the Decade Goals of Mayan. Welcome, Maya, to the Decker Podcast. It's absolutely lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. So first things we like to do is if you could just introduce yourself to the listener. All right. Well, my name is Mayan. I'm 25. As you can hear by my accent, I am not British. I am from Tel Aviv, which is in Israel. Um, so I'm two hours ahead, which means that I always log into any comedy show in the middle of the night. It's my favorite pastime. I love doing it. I work in tech, but my passion is comedy and theater and music and all creative endeavors. So I try to balance both in my life and in my goals. Do you try and find things that start in the middle of the afternoon? so it's a sort of normal evening i will say in in festivals and stuff i automatically try to choose stuff that's a 7 p.m start rather than a 10 p.m start when they did live no more jockeys at the axis festival it was i think the latest start in the festival and i ended up thinking do i log on to the zoom at 11 p.m on a work night like is this the the decision that i'm making and the answer was yes it was great fun and then in the morning I had like a 9 a.m meeting and I was like why did I stay up until 1 a.m to watch this zoom and then I kept doing it every night for a month but I mean I suppose that was the nice thing about the access comedy even if you if you'd had to go to a theater to see that you would have had to travel back home and then you would still be just as late back to watching it well the commute for me would have been a little long well yes obviously you would have had to have a Five hour flight? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I always joke that whenever I'm, so when I go to London and I see shows, I always am like, you know how they ask who here is from this place and who came from farther away. And I just keep my hand up and I'm like, it's me. I'm the problem. Hi. Well, I don't think you're the problem to say. Do you, (laughs) do you travel a lot for comedy specifically? I try to, I try to be in London at least a couple of weeks a year. Comedy is a newer thing for me, but I've always loved theater. And so I try to spend at least two separate weeks in the Mm -hmm. year in London. It was harder during the pandemic. Obviously, it was the longest time that I went outside of theater since I was a kid. I try to go to London a lot. It's difficult because it's really expensive and just the flights make it really hard. And when you're there anyway, it's quite expensive to want to see things, to stay places, to eat, everything like that. It's it's mostly the stuff around it. I find that when I'm, especially in London, but in the UK in general, I've started having a lot of friends around there. And so the, the main difficulty is just the flights and finding somewhere to stay. I find that I there's a lot of free stuff that I can do or very cheap stuff that I can do. So it's not that much about finding things to to do mm. there that's the expense but the whole thing around it it's it's the sort of thing i do when i when i travel i'm a real planner you have to be when you can only do once or, or twice a year so i try to find the week with the most things that i want to do so you only get the one chance and you have to yeah. plan really well what you want to see and try not to miss out on anything and I always get really hopeful that one day I'll I'll get to be able to be more spontaneous with stuff yeah. like that. One of my decade goals is to spend some time living in the UK and then to just be able to want to go to a show yeah. and go see it, like be able to. I miss out on a lot of stuff because of that. I try to be grateful for the stuff that I can do. Something like 
Access Festival was probably a really good thing for you. Oh, it was amazing. Even with the time difference. It was the best, even with the time difference. For one, I I did try to do most of the Zooms live. It was was great fun. And even when it was the middle of the night and some of them I joined without camera on because it was pretty late and I was already like in my pajamas half asleep. And I was like, I'll just put this on in the background. And it it made my days better, even even in that way. And then getting to know a lot of different Mm. names and people. Because again, if I spend a week in London, I I might go to see one or two comedy shows. I'm never going to see all of them. And so a month of comedy shows, I only knew about third of the names. And now I have so many more that I that I like. And then when I go to London next, I will want to see. I mean, that that, that one of the nicest things about access was ease of accessing the streams, but also seeing people that you wouldn't necessarily see. And wouldn't yeah. necessarily have the chance to, because as you say, expense, time, resource, everything like that. Being able to go, oh, so and so, I wouldn't have picked to go and see their show, but it's it's free to me right now, and I can see it. And then actually, you might pay to see their show later on. A hundred percent. The last time I was in London was the longest I I ever spent in London, and I stayed for six weeks, which was amazing. And when I got to do that, I got to be a little more. I guess I felt more able to do stuff that was not just the top priority. And I went and I saw a couple of mixed bill nights where I was like, okay, I know one person in this lineup. So I know I'm going to have fun. Let's see if I like the other four people who are performing. And that was such a unique new thing for me. Like I I was never able to do that before. Well, for once, I, I didn't really have the English before, but English is not my native language. So I I didn't have the skills to really enjoy it as much. Um, I find that live comedy, when you don't understand the topical references or when you don't understand the turn of phrases that people mm. use, it's really difficult to to enjoy as much. You're sitting there in an audience and everyone is laughing around you at a joke that you totally do not understand. And so I had to really level up my English skills to be able to enjoy it as much. Still pretty self-conscious about it. I would say your English is better than mine. It's more the, as you say, the turn of phrase or the British staples, which you might not necessarily get the reference to. It stops you from enjoying it as much. I will never forget sitting in a comedy show of someone I didn't know and having to look over at the person next to me and going, who's Mr. Blobby? Like, what is that? It is partly that, but it's also partly when you're hitting a comedy show after a long day and it's 10 p.m. and you've been up all day and your brain is kind of tired and foggy, my English gets less good, which is why when we did like the the decades meetup, for instance, I felt really self-conscious because I did not feel at my best. I felt myself stumbling on words and not being as coherent as I wanted to be. It's always the sort of thing you you also have to think about, if that makes sense. And so things like comedy, you, you have to be a lot sharper if you want to really enjoy it. How did you first hear about the Decade Project? I think everyone probably starts answering that question by, so I watched Mark on Taskmaster. I I knew of Mark. I liked um, his comedy. And in, I think it was January of last year, so about a year ago from when we're recording this now, he posted on Twitter a music challenge, and he posted it on the Decade's Twitter as well. And that's how I originally found out about it. He had written some lyrics and he wanted people to put music to them. And he said, you know, I, I wrote these lyrics, but I don't have the skills to, to put music to them. If you want to try it out, I'll, I'll DM you the lyrics and, and you can send me the song. So I 
replied to the tweet and I wrote, you know, I, I would love to give it a try. I'm not a professional musician by any means. You know, I'm I'm happy to give this a try. And he DM'd me the lyrics. It was our first real interaction. Um, he sent me those lyrics. Three days later, I sent him an email with the recording. He never replied. I don't think he was ghosting me. I, I literally do think it made it to his spam folder. That's what happens when you send an email from the Middle East with a file to an email address that you've never sent an email to before. And you go, see the attached file that you requested. It, it goes into the spam folder. Obviously it does. And so <laughs> I genuinely think he never saw it, which is fair. That was sort of my my entryway into, into Decade. I didn't really join right away. I'm a sort of person who likes to observe from the outside and then join when I'm really ready, when I feel like you know, I, I understand this community. I understand where I could fit into it. It's something I do with all of my communities, I think. I remember knowing about Decade, but I didn't actually join Decade for another six months or so. Six months. Um, oh, yeah. I overthink and I overthink for a long time. <laughs> I think I joined around June. Last June, I went to see Mark perform live. I was in, in England. I went to see him perform in Leeds with my best friend. I took her with me to this show and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll go with you. And then I got to chat with Mark a little bit during the show because of course I did. Um, because, you, because you're from Tel Aviv. And he went, exactly. How far has everyone traveled tonight? One of my favorite things to do is when I see, is I always tweet at the actors or the people who wrote and work on the show that I've come to see them especially in London, especially when it's just not stuff that's on the West End. When you have a room of 30 people, you don't assume you have someone who's traveled six yeah. hours to be there. And I find that it always makes them really happy to know. Tweet them where I write them a DM and I say, I came from a really far place and I liked your show. Know that there is someone on the other side of the planet now who likes your show. Sent a selfie from, from outside and I wrote, no more people who traveled more than 10 hours in the rain to see Mark Watson or something like that. And then he gets on the stage and he goes, good evening, people of Leeds and people not of Leeds. We'll get to that. And my friend turns in, she looks at me and she's like, this is your fault. What were your original Decade goals? When I did eventually join Decade, I had two kinds of goals. I had the goals that I've had for a long time. And I thought, oh, I could use this for Decade. Things like moving to London. I've always known that I wanted to move to London. And so when I saw Decade, I was like, that's perfect because moving to London is not one of those goals that you can have as a New Year's resolution. It takes time. A Decade would be great because it gives you time to, to work on things. Th there were goals like that that I knew I wanted to make happen sometime in the next couple of years, but that they would take time, they would take effort. And I kind of went, okay, that's a, a good set of starting goals. And then I remember I was scrolling through the Discord and I looked at all the categories. And it completely opened my mind to things that were not in my goals list. I can make a goal that fits this category that I didn't have before. And one good example for that, and that is something I really don't talk about very often, is education. I, I remember seeing education on the side and thinking, maybe I could go back to school. I'm 25. I've dropped out of uni twice now. And I never thought in a million years that I would go back. It scared me. The, the thought of dropping out for a third time really scared me. I'm not a person who deals well with failure. And so I honestly, until joining Decade, I, I never thought I would go back to uni. On the day that I joined uh, the Discord and I saw that word education, I was like, maybe I could go back to school. And I applied that very day. I was like, you need to do something to like put a pin in it. We have this phrase in Hebrew, when you pin something, it's like making it happen. Can you tell me what the Hebrew phrase is? 
um, lin ots. It's like, yeah. it's literally to put a pin in something, but it's putting a pin in it in the sort of way that's like, when you put a pin, you have like your to-do list board and you yeah. pin a note to it and you're like, this is now on my to-do list. That phrase is quite a representation of decade in a sense, isn't it? It really is. I remember thinking as I was doing it, I have no idea if this is going to work, but if it doesn't, nobody needs to know. I barely talk about it. Like my immediate family knows, my parents know, and my manager at work knows because I, I have to take some time off of work. I graduate in a month and most of the people that I know don't know that I went back to school to finish school and get a diploma. I, I never would have done that without Decade. So excited about that point where I get to go on the Discord and tell people that I've succeeded. Like that's part of what's making me keep going. So in June, you joined the Discord, saw the word education, you signed back into school. And then since then, you've been doing night school and you should be completing your diploma relatively soon. Yeah, in four weeks. I like like I mentioned earlier, I've, I've never planned on going back to school. It was never something that I thought I would do until I saw that goal. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I made this my goal and I decided to act on it today, not wait? You mentioned other goals. My biggest goal that I consider for myself is music. Music is my passion. And I have always been so insecure about it. I have never played live for people before. I've been playing guitar since I was 10. And I'm not the best artist in the world, but I like it. And I think there's a lot of value in doing stuff that you like, even though other people may not. Like, I think there's a sort of belief that in order to be an artist, in order to consider yourself an artist, you have to be a successful artist or you have to be a famous artist. Like you have to constantly get, you know, you're not a musician if you don't get streams. You're not a musician if you don't have an album. You're not a musician. And I, I try to tell myself that that's not the case because I don't dream of a career in music. I don't think I can do it, to be honest with you. And that's not like a like an insecurity thing. I just think some people have what it takes to have a career in that sort of field. And I'm not one of those people. But I think what I really want to do is call myself a musician. And if to, if to myself I'm a musician, then that's good enough. And there's been a lot of struggle for me with that, um, what it means to, to call myself a musician, because the goal is not to be a successful one, right? Because if I wanted to be a successful musician, then I could say I want to have this many viewers, this many streams of my music. Or I could say I want to put out an album. Or I could say I want to do this many gigs. I don't want to be a successful musician. I just want to make more music. Making music makes me happy. And so finding that place with myself where I feel comfortable considering myself a musician, I'm so far from there. And it's it's difficult because it's hard to quantify in a way that's not really self-destructive for me. I'll give you an example. In December, I put out a cover of a song by my favorite band and they liked it and retweeted it on Twitter. And I thought I was going to ride that high for a year. I thought, oh my gosh, 
that kind of validation is the sort of thing that, you know, it, it makes you feel like you're doing something right. And I thought this is like the, the push that I needed. This is what I wanted. And then two days later, I got the flu and I couldn't sing for maybe three weeks. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, am I a musician if I can't make music? Am I a musician if I've not sung a song in three weeks? And having that constant battle of justifying yourself to yourself, I find is my biggest struggle with art. How do I call myself an artist in a way that I enjoy the pros of, but not suffer the cons of? I get so proud of myself for putting something out there. But then the flip side of that is how disappointed in myself I feel when I don't. Does that make sense? It does. And I think the idea of success and failure can be quite detrimental to a lot of people um, because you're either super successful or you're a failure. There's no middle ground and there is a lot of gray in the world. And I think it's about what you feel inside and if you can accept yourself as a musician or as an artist then it almost doesn't matter what your parameters of success and failure are you've done it for yourself and I think getting to that space feels like a journey that you need to go on and something that you need to get to as as your goal almost rather than be a musician I I totally agree with that and that is why I have made myself not look at view counts I have things that I've put out that have tens of thousands of views that song that Mm. I played by my my favorite band because they shared it and then you know a couple of weeks later when I finally got some of my voice back I put another song out there and that one got like 140 views and I had to tell myself you know what it doesn't matter because what matters is you put this out there and so my kind of quantifiable goal for it and that's what I what I did with decade was like I I told myself in 2023 I'm going to put out two songs a month and it doesn't matter if they're good They don't need to be perfect because my goal is not to be perfect. And it doesn't matter how many people watch them because my goal is not to be famous. And it doesn't matter what people think about him because my goal is not to be successful. My goal is to make music. And so this is me making music. Have your goals changed over time at all? I think they have. I think the themes are similar, but the actual concrete part of it is different. So for instance, when I first joined Decade, I knew that I wanted music to be a goal, but I just thought, oh, I'll play music every day. That that will be my goal. And I think like with a lot of goals, a lot of different projects where you set yourself a goal, you find out sooner or later that you you quantified it wrong. I'm a data person. And for me, I, I found, oh, my my KPI was just wrong. Key performance indicator. It's the sort of thing that you quantify your success with. What, what do you measure? What are you measuring? And so for me, at first, I was like, I'll just play music every day. That will be my performance indicator. And that, that's how I'll know if I succeeded or failed. A couple of years ago, I did a project where I read at least a little bit of a book every single day for a year. So I really wanted to to read more. But I found at the end of that year that reading every day was not something that was really feasible for me. It's not something that I could keep going and, and doing. And playing music every day is sort of similar because what do you do when you feel sick? What do you do when you have the flu? What do you do when you have plans? What do you do when you simply don't feel like mu- making music today? I found really quickly that that was not what I wanted to do. And so I feel like the theme of music stayed, but the way that I approach it is different throughout. I try to be kinder to myself in my goals 
I started out with really harsh, specific things like I wanted to do Edinburgh Fringe. And so I was a little mad at myself when last year I didn't do Edinburgh Fringe. So I I try to be kinder to myself, remind myself that it's literally a marathon. It's a decade long thing. It doesn't have to happen right away. Thinking about it now, realistically, I'm not going to make music every single day for 10 years. So I think a, a lot of the changes have been in that in in how I approach my goals rather than what they are. You mentioned moving to London as one of your ultimate goals. And the way you spoke about that was, it's a massive project, it's going to take 10 years, it's fine, it's there, it's something for me to aim to. And then you started talking about things which were a bit more tangible and holding to your account, holding yourself to account for those goals and doing that might mean failure a little bit and you being comfortable in that environment is it fair to say you've started to look at those smaller more tangible goals it's a long-term project even if it's a small thing to achieve i think with london because it's such a huge goal there's a lot of steps to it whereas the steps for for me you know playing music in my house I can log out of the Zoom call and pick up my guitar. But I think with something that's longer term, especially me moving to London has a lot of moving pieces that are not to do with me. I would have to have the right job or the right, you know, eligibility for visa applications. Mm. I would have to. There's a lot of stuff in that plan. It's just outside of my control. And so I am trying to balance out things that are in my control. And so me making music, me calling myself a musician is a goal that's entirely to do with me, but it shouldn't matter how other people respond to it. Other people don't really play a part in it. For me, I find that I tend to put the blame somewhere else and not take responsibility for it. And I've been trying to have goals that are more to do with me and that are in my responsibility to to make them happen. So reading more. I have a constant goal every year. I want to read 25 books. It's entirely up to me. I've got the time. I just need to sit down and pick up a book. But if I don't, the only person to blame really is me. It's not like there's no books out there to be read. I think it's absolutely fine to be in that space, so long as you're not putting too much pressure on me in that scenario to achieve. And as long as you're comfortable in that, I think what you've described is absolutely right. I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. I say no worries if not, and I'm like 98% worry. I put a lot on myself. I know that I do. I always have. I think for me, the balance is not putting less on myself, but being kinder to myself if I don't achieve what I wanted to. I think what I'm trying to work on more is one, to, to make those goals more tangible. And two, really, is to just be kinder to myself when I succeed and when I don't, I try to be kinder to myself and to allow myself mistakes. And it's hard. It's hard when you have high expectations of yourself and you put a lot on yourself. The thing I struggle with most in decade is not the goals themselves, but what happens when I achieve them or when I don't. How how does that affect my my sense of self and, and how I feel about myself? Final question from me. Is there anything in terms of achieving your goals that you need help or support on? I think the group of people on Decade, just them existing the way that they are, 
has been so helpful to me. I know that, you know, sometimes when it's difficult to be kind to yourself, having others be kind to you really helps. At least for me, it does. And I know that if I went on the Discord and I shared a success of mine, that people would be happy for me. And I know that if I went on the Discord and shared a failure of mine, that people would be there to console me and that they would not be angry at me like I might be angry at myself. I think just that existing there helps so much. It's not even about being held accountable as much as it is knowing that there's this group of people, people who until very recently have been complete strangers to me, right? Like I've never met any of these people in real life before. This is the first proper conversation that I've had with anyone off of decade. I rarely come out of my shell like this, but I know that if I did, that that group would be there. And just having that to fall back on really helps. And I think one of the things that has helped me, I when I'm sitting in class and thinking, God, I don't want to be here. I find myself thinking, oh man, but when March comes and you get to go on Discord and share the success and everyone's going to be happy for you, how great is that going to feel? Right. And I, I keep running that scenario in my head. And at no point, even at my lowest, when I was the, at the angriest with myself, when I was the most disappointed with myself, I knew that if I went on Discord and I shared that, and I shared that with anyone off of the project, they would be nothing but supportive. I'm, I'm part of a lot of communities, but none of them are as generous with support as this one is. What you've described is not about being accountable for the goals you've shared, but being excited to share the, your achievements. And that's something slightly different. It's not the accountability for you. It's the celebration of your success, which is inspiring you on. Knowing that there are people there who would support you is 80% of what support is. There, there was a day a couple of weeks ago where I almost, almost quit. Like I almost literally walked out of class. And I sat there and I thought to myself, aren't you going to be so proud of yourself to share this, that you didn't? And that's what kept me going. Thank you, Maya, for joining me on the Decade Podcast. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's been much more fun than I thought it would be. I, I thought I would feel much more awkward talking about myself, but I guess... I guess we found out that I can do this. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. She's been going to night school for six months and didn't tell anyone. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. Thank you to Maya for sharing her decade goals. I really hope you'll join me next time for episode four. And decaders, in the meantime, you're all solid gold legends. <laughs> <laughs>